0: is doing something great in our midst, and I'm so grateful. Praise, please be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, we can stand up and run and shout all day long because God is just that good. Amen. You know, some kind of way, we got to this point. We're singing It's Your Breath in our lungs so we're part of praise to you. The song that's been sung on this morning gravitate you that we understand, that we lift up our hands and we praise the Lord. We put our hands together. We give God glory. We come together in corporate worship, giving God praise. We hear Mark get up to sing uh, each time to, to to share a scripture and the Lord puts in his heart a poem. Now, if you're not going to put them in a book, I will. But uh, I'm just saying, uh, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Amen. So God is doing something in the midst of his people, but we had to start from somewhere. You know, I wasn't always pouring out to the Lord. I wasn't always understanding and recognizing that it's his breath in my lungs, and I was pouring out praise to him. There no doubt there was times where praise was going everywhere but to God. But something happened. See, nobody in here was born saved, was born full of the Holy Spirit, was born clapping their hands and shouting and telling men and women they never met before how great this God is, how wonderful Jesus is, how loving and kind he is. We weren't we born with that. But something happened. Something happened that changed our lives, that transformed our lives that, that that the very folks I used to laugh at, I became one of them. <laughs> I mean, i am just being keeping it real. You know, uh, I had a, a, a sense of, uh, of respect for the church uh, in, in when I was in my sins, so much so because I love loud music. That's probably why I can't hear, hear too good now. But I could be boogalooing, going down Vernon Avenue over in Los Angeles and on a Sunday, and here's a church service, guess what? I would turn my, i turned turn it, no, i turned it down. Because I, I respected the church enough to pass by and respect them. But I wasn't one of them. Not so much one of them, but I wasn't with the Lord. So something had changed, you know. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And, and so something changed. If there's been a change in your life, if you're in the room today, could you just kind of wave your hand, you know, kind of say hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Because something has changed. But it has to start someplace. You know, it has to start. And I'm so glad that God loves us so much that he initiates the changes in our lives. His he, he, arms are stretched out. He's loving us into the kingdom. In the midst of our mess, in the midst of our sin, God is concerned about his creation. There's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that the Lord cannot do. He wants the best for us. And I'm so glad now that I I heard it said like this, I'm living my best life. It ain't because I got money. <laughs> it's not because I got fame, but it's because I have Jesus and I have peace and I have joy, and I can lay my head down and rest at night, I'm living my best life. Uh, Thank you. no longer stressed out. I I, I used to be so angry. It didn't take much to just make me just go off. And here I was, skin as a rail with a temper. Now, you know that didn't make no sense. (laughs) You know, know, sometimes you just got to tell it like a T.I. is. But the subject today, the message today, is the demand discipleship disciple is a follower and in this context it's a follower of Christ when, 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 when a man or woman a boy or girl decide to follow the Lord they become a disciple of his not like my friend Tommy when we were growing up back in, in, uh, in junior high school and he would tell the little girls, would you be my disciple? Okay, it's not like that. This is the disciple of Jesus. He wanted the girls to follow him. Jesus want us to follow him, <laughs> see? So I had to even get an understanding of what discipleship is. So, but there's demands. It's just like those who are still working and, all, and those of us who have worked, Brother Joe, there's demands that, that come from the job. Like, one, be to work on time now some folks don't even like that part <laughs> you know I don't know why you're so mad it's only ten minutes late there's demands upon us that we need to understand and know how the job goes there's demands in so many ways but there's, a, there's demands upon discipleship there's, there's a cost and it's not money the demands is uh, uh, to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But uh, the Lord kind of took me to Luke nine and got some uh, some supporting scriptures we're going to look at. Thank God, this is uh, uh, first Sunday is Communion Sunday. We'll fellowship around the Lord's table. But there's some things we really need to understand because I don't want to get in that place to where I'm just quoting scriptures and. Those powerful scriptures. I'm sure if we went around the room here, everybody's got some pet scriptures that they uh, that, that we have down in our heart, and thank God that we do. Uh, when things get tough, when persecution comes, you know, things like that, uh, we can begin to quote, "No weapon formed against me shall prosper." You know, uh, 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 we can begin to say, uh, recall to our mind uh, 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 that, that that He said He'll never leave me nor forsake me. You know. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, you know. He that has begun a good work in you will perform. But it had to start somewhere. It had to start somewhere, and, and so Jesus, in Luke chapter nine, verse fifty-seven, wow, and it it's so much, it's so much in the Word of God, you know. So we can't tell it all; we have to have to tell on it, you know. Um, as Jesus, as they were going along the road. Someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And I believe that some of us have said that. Is that true? Have we said, have any anybody in this place have said in their heart, God, I'm going to follow you. Come swim, sink or drown. I'm going to follow you. Because it's come. It, it's, it, I'm well aware now that you are God, that you are sovereign, that you are real. And everything I need is in you. I'm going to follow you. You have to get to that point, see, and 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 God doesn't want us to follow Him blindly. He don't, He not He don't say just come on. You don't need to know nothing. Just come on, follow me. He don't do that. God wants us to understand the enormity of the task, the challenge of following Him. It's not always going to be peaches and cream, ice cream and cookies. It's going listen. Anybody in here who loved Jesus, if you've had some hard times, just let me see your hand for a minute so I know what I'm talking about. You've gone through some stuff, and it wasn't pleasant, right? All right. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Thank God. That's a noble statement. That that is great. I'm sure God loves to hear that. And Jesus told him. Boxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Okay, now, the man just said, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus said, all right, I want want you to know what you're getting into. He said, because I was born in a manger. There was no room in the inn, And, and Jesus is going all over Galilee and all of that area. He's preaching here. He's teaching there. He's healing over here. He, all of these things, he didn't have no whole lot of time to go to the Ritz Carlton or, or to have a farmhouse set up and, and growing wheat and stuff in the back and, 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 and grapes. He was about his father's business and, and his father's business. Gonna, there's some demands it's, it's going to take. There's some demands there that we need to be faithful. We need to be rooted and grounded. We need to understand it in, in, in whom we have believed. So Jesus told him, foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man, hello, the Son of Man. See, we, we hear three different titles that Jesus used for himself. We hear sometime in Scripture It says the son of God, his divine nature, connecting him with the father. He is divine. He, he, he is God incarnate in the flesh. The son of God is who Jesus is. Then there are other times you will hear and see the scripture says the son of David. See that, that, that connects him with his Jewishness. That connects him with the promises of God, uh, that what God was going to do from Abraham through to Jesus, it connects Jesus with David. Yes. And and then we hear, like here, Jesus said, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. The Son of Man now connects him with earth. He he came from heaven down to save you and I. He came down to give a life, his life, for many. He is the God-man. He is forever the Anthropos. 100% God and 100% man. So Jesus, who came to hang on the cross for you and I to rise up, he's connecting himself, not only that, but with you and I. there was no sin found in him but he came down to live a perfect life in our place that we couldn't live to show us the way thank you God so he said but the son of man have no place to lay his head Uh, I'm sharing with the man I hear what you're saying but I want to let you know what you're getting into see we're living in a time where people are preaching you come to Jesus all of your troubles will be over you're going to have divine health your, your wallet is going to be full, and you, hello, it's all good. That is not what the gospel message teach. It was one woman one used to come on Channel 40, she say, and she sounded like Rocky the Squirrel. You just speak to your wallet and say, wallet, you are full. If you don't do no work, <laughs> it ain't going to be full. You know, God is no, no cosmic Santa Claus. He is God. He cares for us in every area of our life. Amen. He's calling now. No. (laughs) (laughs) You better answer that one. (laughs) That may be the Lord calling. (laughs) Amen. But he says the son of man has no place to lay his head. There's some demands they come with discipleship you know we, we have to get to a point where we recognize you know what it's not about me but it's about the Lord but with that understanding the Lord takes care of us so whatever we think we're trying to do God say if you would quit if you get out the way I will bless you I will carry you through I will give you just what you need so he goes on here's another person And and this this part is in the Amplified. I want you all to know uh, verse 57 through 62. Verse 59, he said to another, follow me. Right? Now, now, this is another important thing. I don't want people following me unless I'm following Christ in whatever we're doing at the time or whatever. But we need to follow the Lord. We need to follow him because he never makes a mistake. He never leads us down the wrong road. He knows where he's going. He said to another one, follow me, accepting me as master and teacher. When he says, follow me, follow me because I'm the master, I'm the teacher, I am God, follow me. This is what he said. He said, but but he said, the man said, Lord, allow me first to go bury my father. See, sometimes we come up with every excuse in the book before we make a commitment to follow Christ, you know because mine used to be when I get a suit I'm going to start coming to church you think God is concerned about a suit or, or Nikes or whatever, like, or, or Levi's when I come. that was the excuse I had my sister come on, you need to go to church I know, but I ain't got a suit that was a good one there now, now, you know, some folks, it's football season. I think this is the third week. There's some folks and some women, too. They ain't coming to church. Now, if you start service maybe at 8 o'clock tonight, well, no, the late game might be on. <laughs> you, you know, so people have a whole lot of different excuses of why they're not coming to the Lord. You know, and then there's some fabricated things, too. It's, you know, well, I ain't going to come to that church and give that preacher all my money. The preacher ain't, ain't getting no money. That if they are, it's, 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 you don't need to be going there. You know, so, all right, let me, let me. because I got a lot to cover. Let me get through. He said to another, follow me, accepting me as master and teacher. But he said, Lord, allow me first to go bury my father. But Jesus said to him, allow the spiritually dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and spread the news about the kingdom of God. Jesus is not saying that family's not important. He's not saying that you don't need to take care of what needs to be taken care of for the deceased and so forth. But it, but see, the Lord deals with excuses. And he wants you to understand that there's nothing more important in your life than committing your life to God and to following him. So get we need to be able to get rid of the excuses. You know, uh, uh, it says in verse sixty, uh, no, the no, verse sixty-one. Another, here comes somebody else. Another also said, "Now all this is about following Jesus. This is all about becoming a disciple. This is all about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ." And I thank God, there's no strings attached to it. Just like here in three-piece Christian, there ain't no strings attached. It ain't nothing you got to do. Coming here, and you don't have to jump through no hoops. Ain't nobody gonna shake you down for your money. We gonna come in here and love on each other and love the Lord. Amen. To hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church on October second, twenty twenty two. Another also said, "I will allow you. I will follow you, Lord, as your disciple, as your follower." But first, let me say goodbye to those at home. If God is calling you. You know, what takes priority? Here is the master of the universe saying, come. But here's somebody in the house say dinner's ready. What's the more important right now is to say, God, I'm going to follow you. We got microwaves. We can heat the dinner back up. You know, we can say bye to Aunt Susie even on FaceTime. If we have to, nothing should take the place of God. Verse 62, but Jesus said to him, No one puts his hands to the plow and looks back to the things left behind to fit. The person is not fit for the kingdom of God. The analogy, I love what Jesus is saying. He's the master teacher. No man puts his hand to the plow. You know we live in 2022. We in California. a hardly no dirt nowhere. Everything is concrete. So nobody's really plowing. But the imagery of what Jesus is saying, if you're plowing, you have... Old, old blue or uh, old yellow pulling the plow and you're looking back rather than you having a straight row your row going to be like this here you you can't grow crops like that they're going to be crisp, crisp that, that must be some of them circles from outer space no. <laughs> and he says no one who puts his hand to the plow no one who decides to follow Jesus is looking back You're not thinking about old Susie, uh, uh, Big uh, Buck, or the disco. You're not thinking about it because you know what? It's a new day now. I've made up my mind. My heart is fixed. My mind made up. I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm not going to let nothing hinder me. I have friends today who, who I've been knowing for 50 years, and some of them still haven't decided to follow Jesus. But you know what? I can't follow. I can't go along with them with that. I'm going to follow Jesus. I, we, we friends, we embrace, but I'm going to follow Jesus. If my, my friends who don't know the Lord, who are not disciples, we to the left, guess what? I'm going to the right. Amen. We have to have them. It, I used to say, listen, it takes a well-made-up mind to serve the Lord. But let me say this, let me get through this because I'm telling you, there's going to be some challenges as we walk with Jesus. You're going to have some hard times. It's going to be some persecution. Don't think it's strange when trouble comes your way. It's going to come. But guess what? The Lord said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. See, and, and so looking at Matthew 16, verse 24 and 26, Jesus said to his disciples, watch this now, because some is saying, remember the, the first section there, there were some prerequisites, you know, uh, Lord, I, I, I want to follow you. And Jesus began to break it down to them what it's going to be like following him because I don't have no place to lay my head. So now what his, now Jesus is saying to his disciples, plural, there's many that's following him. What is he saying to them? If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Now, y'all know that ain't easy. Because self will everything. Everything it can see, touch, and feel, self can't get enough of nothing. I call it the case of the K-Heavens. But this is Jesus speaking to his disciples in love and in power. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself take up his cross, we all bearing some crosses in our life. And they can be hard. It can be challenging. He's saying, follow me. He said, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus is making it very clear that first of all, you can't save your life anyway. Have anybody ever had a close call with death? You know, I'm talking about, you know, and you know that this could be the end. Or you know that that could have been it right there. But it didn't happen. Why not? Because God, if life's going to be saved, it's going to be God who's going to save it. You know, and, and so he, not only does he want to save our lives eternally, he has helped us so many times on this side. You ever been hit by one, almost hit by one of the big trucks or something on the freeway? All you know is, yikes! You you know, a Jesus or, or just whatever, but you're still here. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Some people don't have time for God because they're making that dollar. You know. God owns everything he knows what we need even before we ask him so what does it profit if I don't have no time for God no time for the things of God and I amass millions of dollars but when that time comes for me to meet my maker what has it profited me you've never seen a hearse pulling up uh, a a, a U-Haul full of money pulling up at the graveyard you know whatever you have acquired it's going to be left here but when you put your faith and hope in Jesus and and you have connected with him and you became his, uh, his follower, when that time comes from you, you step out of this old life and you step into glory. You step into the presence of God. So what does it a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What can you give in exchange for your soul? Nothing. See? So, so watch this. Let's shoot over to Acts. Um, verse... Uh, Fourteen, uh, chapter 14, verse 21 through 22. You're talking about some folks who suffered. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, that man suffered some things. Listen to this. And this is just two little verses, right, in the, in the whole scheme of the whole thing. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra. I'm going to tell you something about Lystra and Iconium because... Get this—they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples. How many know we need to be encouraged? We need to be strengthened. We need to be strengthened. We need to help one another. Why? He exhorting them, so he he strengthened the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. We need to do that today. We see a brother, sister overtaken in a fault. We see a brother and sister getting a little weary. We need to encourage them to continue in the faith because it pays off. Serving the Lord pays off big time. He said, and saying, we must, listen to this. I'm talking about demand, the demands of discipleship. He said, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. There's going to be some tribulation. There's going to be some hard times. But we encourage one another. So when he mentioned Lystra and Iconium, in Iconium, they were preaching the word of God. And the naysayers got involved. And they didn't, and they started turning the hearts and the minds of the people that was listening to Paul and, and his companions preaching the gospel. And guess what? They decided that they were going to stone them. And that's why they had, in my, my my father's term, they had to get their heels to clicking. They had they had to leave Iconium because the folks was talking about stoning them. And he mentioned Lystra. So they go to Lystra in Derby, and guess what? Here was a man who had been crippled from his mother's womb, had never walked. They prayed over the man, laid hands on him, and the man got up and started walking. But the people of that region, they say. These are gods. These these disciples, these people of Jesus, they're gods. And they want to start worshiping them. And and but Paul said, Hey, hey, wait, no, we men just like you, don't do that. Only God can be worshipped. And so when they left Iconium, the thought was we're gonna stone them. So when we get into Lystra, guess what? They stoned Paul. They stoned the man and drug him out. They thought he was dead. Left him for dead. But here in what I just read to you, and when they, and they got up preaching, they went back to the same places where he got stoned at. Some demands on, on discipleship. When they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to the very places where there was trouble. What in the world would cause somebody to go back to a place where folks talking about stoning you and did stone you? for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has to be something on the inside that's working on the outside that's making a change in you and those who you're talking to. Man, my God. They're going back into the into the warfare. He said, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. And, and listen to this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. The first verse Is a shouting verse. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Okay. We, the people of God, has this treasure. What is it? It's the word of God. In earthen vessels, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. This brother one day would no longer be here with us. These vessels that we live in. I'm just saying, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So this, is, But we, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So if God uses you to lay hands on someone and God heals them, to God be the glory. See? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, ain't, you ain't ready to become an apostle or a bishop. But thank God for him using us in every area of our life. He, he says, so the, that the exit of the power may be of God and not of us. It's nothing that we do is of us. The, when we're going out here this evening to the family shelter to minister to those little babies and their parents, to God be the glory. Oh, oh look what he's doing. No, no, no. This is, we, we're being led by the Lord. The scripture says it is God who works in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure.'" Anything that we do this good is because God has placed it in our hearts. Without God, I realize I can do nothing. So that's a shouting verse. But look what he goes on to say. We are hard pressed on every side. Some of us now are dealing with some things that are hard, that are not comfortable, that there there is uncertainty in that. In our lives. We, we don't know how this thing is going to turn out. There may be some sickness. There may be some disease. There's, a, there's, there's broken relationships. There's, there's mistrust. He said, but he said we are hard pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're not crushed now. Oh yeah, we pressed on every side, but we ain't crushed. We still kicking, we still breathing. We still saying hallelujah. Oh God. And, and he goes on to say, but but he say and, and he said, we are prepared in despair we have to keep it real church we are real folks with some real issues but we have to understand that our God is in the middle of every issue we have and he will bring us through it you're going to leave here with some scars but we ain't got to run around here just just a bloody mess but in the midst of it all sometimes we need to encourage ourselves sometimes we need to say Kermit do you remember what God did for you before? What he did to, for you in 79? What he did for you in 91? What he did for you yesterday? I'm walking around here now. I testified to the saints on Thursday night Bible study. Went to the cardiologist. And I'm telling him I've been feeling better for the last two weeks. My heart is not doing the thing that it was doing. I, I'm not feeling like I'm about to follow. I say, tell me, sir. Why am I getting better? Crickets. <laughs> he was <laughs> look, I'm not being funny either. And I really respect the man. You know what he ended up telling me? Drink more water. I've been doing for five months. It's been times and it's just a few weeks ago I was standing up here in Sister Carolina. She's not in. I was holding on to this podium like this. Trying to hold on. But the God we serve. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm not throwing the doctor the doctor under the bus. I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, for touching my body. Thank you, Jesus, for regulating my blood pressure. Thank you, Lord. I don't need to try to figure it out. God did it. Thank you, Lord. God did it. Hey, Lynn. Steve's wife, God's doing it. And not only her heart. Whoo, oh, God, he's wrapping her up like this here, Steve. Thank you, Jesus. He said, we're perplexed, perplexed, but not in despair. Listen to this. Persecuted. Anybody ever been persecuted? And, and anybody ever been persecuted by their own family? Uh, Sometimes by those that's close to them, uh, or, or, or even somebody you don't know, and they, don't, they got it out for you. You you listen, just because you love Jesus don't think you're not going to be persecuted sometime. Right. And you don't have to go around trying to figure out why, just know that Jesus said these days are going to come. Right. Paul said persecuted but not forsaken. <laughs> I'm being done wrong, I'm being dogged out, but I haven't been forsaken. My God, yeah, he's going to deliver me. Yeah. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, who hung on that old rugged cross for you and I. Beaten to a pulp. And guess what? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. He rose again. We're going to rise one day. But right now, in this continuum we're living in, we're going to rise from some of these issues we're dealing with right now. We're going to re- rise from some of the pain and hurt we've had for years. We're going to rise because we're going to bring us up. He's going to bring us up here where we can look down there and say, I'm no longer there. I'm soaring with eagles. I'm not running with turkeys no more. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Second Timothy 3 and 12, 13. Now listen, fasten your seatbelt. Yes, and all who desire to live God in Christ Jesus. Here's another quick poll. How many desire to live godly in Christ Jesus? Can I just see your hand? You desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. Newsflash, you're going to suffer some persecution. See? Now some people say, Exit, stage right, I'm out. Y'all was sounding real good, but now you're talking about you're going to suffer persecution. I'm done. But that's not the end of the story. He says, but, see, don't, don't think that folks in the world is not going through some stuff, and they don't have anybody to go to. We, we're going through something. Uh, if if you living on this planet, if you have breath in your lungs, you're going to have some issues. But when you're in Christ, it makes a big difference because now you've got somebody walking along with you. You've got somebody that's carrying you. It's, it's bad when you're out there in the world because I've been there and you don't have a God to turn to and you're trying to turn to everything but God to help you and your situation keeps getting worse. The scripture proves it out. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. All you gotta do is look around. You look at the news. You look across this world. You see it deceiving and being deceived. But we belong to God. Yeah. He has given us uh, 66 love letters. There's 66 books in the Bible, yeah. letting us know that He loves us unconditionally. Lets us know He have a place for us. Lets us know that He's working it out. And any time a man or woman. Come to Jesus. I'm not talking about joining a particular church. I'm talking about coming to Jesus. Lord, I understand. You're showing yourself to me. You're revealing some things to me, God. You've opened up some doors. You've making some ways, Lord. I'm tired of how I've been living for all my life, God. But I'm in this place now to where I'm kind of caught in between, Lord. But, God, I know that I'm looking for something better, see. And and, and we, we make it up in our mind, you know what, I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to turn it all over to the Lord because I want to be that loving husband, that loving wife, that loving father, that loving mother. I want to be that person that's that's not, not wrapped up with the things of this world. I don't want anger and frustration and malice and, uh, hatred to be the, my lot for the rest of my life. God, I want to live in harmony with you. And this is what Jesus offers us. He says, come unto me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. And now I'll add to that, he'll give you sweet rest. I'll add to that, he'll give you blessed assurance that he's working on your behalf. He'll give you blessed assurance that he's got this. You know, we don't have to try to figure it out. But when God bless you receive it when God pours out on oh, you say thank you Lord remember it's it's his breath in our lungs if we if everyone in the room right now just all of a sudden you just said where did that come from oh way back over in the book of Genesis God created man out of the dust of the ground and God breathed into man the breath of life And you know what? God is breathing breaths of life today. Folks who've been dead in trespasses and sin, folks who've been dead in doing their own thing and ain't got time for God or nothing else, God has said, I want to breathe on you. I want to breathe new life into you. I I want you to be all you can be for the kingdom of God. And the world will see. God has said the world will see that, that something has changed in you. You're not acting like you used to. Act. You're not going to places you used to go. You're not doing the things you used to do. You're not you're not the, the, that short-tempered person like I used to be. God changed me. When God took some things from me that I didn't even think about that I had, it's some stuff I knew was wrong. And when I acknowledge that and start trying to do better, God helped me. But that's some stuff God took from me, and I'm like, where did it go? I wanted to curse so bad one day and it was gone I'm like what? I'm like a little kid I'm like wow I didn't say what I normally say and I had to give glory to God so we thank the Lord today for his word Saints, don't let the demands of discipleship the challenges of discipleship hinder you from continuing to press forward with the Lord because you're going to press wherever you are. But when you're pressing on with the Lord on your side, you're going to be all right. If there's anybody who want to receive Jesus Christ today, today is your day. Whether you're in the house or whether you're out on Zoom or not Zoom, but uh, with, yeah, YouTube and Facebook. and uh, Jesus' book is really what it is. <laughs> the sovereign God. The God of the universe, he's saying to you, sir, you, man, wherever you may be, come on, daughter. Come on, son. I want to hold you tight. I want to walk with you. And I want to talk to you. And I want to give you instructions for the rest of your life. Amen. If anybody's in the room or out there, just pray this prayer with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I want to be changed want to be made whole. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you, Lord. God, forgive me of my sins. I, I, I'm becoming more aware each day of my sins. I have sinned. I have done wrong. I've been hurt, God. But I'm bringing it all to you on this day. And I ask you to come into my life. Change my life, Lord. Save me, God. Write my name down. Somebody pray that, or something similar to that, and mean it from your heart. I I welcome you today to the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise the Lord. So on that note, if it's first Sunday, it's the communion table is set. Uh, Could uh, those minister today if you could come forth? Amen. As we minister uh, the Lord's Supper. Praise the Lord. 81-5, 81-5, we're coming. <laughs>